listen, we're living through some historic times and things are hard right now getting through these strikes and this work stoppage. If you can, support the Go for PAs Alliance to help production assistance in the film and television industry. Go for PAs Alliance provides relief funds now to the TV and film employees at the lowest end of the totem pole. So check out Go for PAs Alliance. That's G O F O R P A S Alliance.com and show your support. Buy a t shirt, donate, stand in solidarity. All right, let's get to the show. All right, we're in, we're in. We are in. I'm Brian Carlson. Folks call me BC. Yo, it's Wayne Witherspoon. People call me Spoon. And this episode, we are talking to you, Connie Callis, key hair stylist, works in the industry, works in the business. But before we get into that, you know, working in our industry, in my experience, I feel like it's different managing a family, managing a home life. There's certainly a lot, a lot of folks who are young. There's certainly a lot of folks who are single, who don't have kids, who aren't parents. But there's, there's certainly a lot of people that do have families and have children. And, and it's different, um, I think, working in this industry. Your, your expectations um, that you may have had before you got into this business, you know, of you know, the amount of time that you would have with your family, the sort of lifestyle that you'd have, like where you would live, you know, especially if you're like coming from some other part of the country and suddenly you're living in Los Angeles, you know, working 60, 70, you know, sometimes more hours a week. Um, yeah, try doing that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, raising a family or, or managing a family. It's, 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 it's different. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's, it's tough. Um, you really have to be, you got to have a special type of mate that understands right. you being away from home. And, and it's interesting that you say you need to find a special kind of mate. I find pe- people who have partnered up with other people who work in the industry. Yeah, because they get it. Yeah. You know, and it's, 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 it's going to be tough. I mean, the, tr- the traditional way of the American household would be dad goes to work. Well, it used to be when mom stayed home all day, and some moms can't afford to stay home. But now it's both parents are out. Yeah, kids are coming home. There's nobody there to kind of latch key. But I think in in our business, because you can make a really good amount of money. Yeah. Right. And so if they're both in the business, mm-hmm. it isn't too bad. Because I know I know some couples that do that, and it, and it works out for them. But I, I just know that it's tough because I've I've had friends um, who have had you know, a significant other, and then all of a sudden, that significant other takes a back seat to your job when you work. Right. You know, and, and that can be, that can really be tough. My wife, she's a special person, and when she first understood we were younger, I'm older than she is, a lot older. <laughs> <laughs> so, she comes from that that household where her dad went to work. Right. You know what I mean? Mom, stay, stay home mom, her and her brother at home, and so, you know, she went to school mom was there she came home mom was there so it was it was that was the way it was so when she when we moved in together it was nothing like that right right you know i was gone for 12 15 hours a day and she was like what the? and the other thing is is like I, I think typically and it's not like this in everybody's life but i think typically you expect that as you get 
further in your career, the hour requirements are going to sort of level off, you know, no. and, in mo- and what I'm saying is like oh, in, most pe- in most people's careers, got to, got and, and that's almost the opposite in our industry. So got it's it. like, if you get into a relationship and you work in this industry and, you know, things work out, you get married or you're in an admitted long-term relationship, you know, I think our, our natural expectations or subconscious expectation is that within a few years, you know, things are going to pick up and like things are going to settle down <laughs> and I'm going to be able to, we're going to be able to spend more time with each other. Right. And again, it's the exact opposite. Listen, it's like right. after like five, six, seven, eight years, shit starts taking off. Yes. You start getting on bigger shows. You start getting on shows that go longer. Uh, the phone and you, never stops ringing. Yes. It's like you're working on Saturdays and Sundays. Yeah. And, and it takes away from that sort of yeah. home life. It, but I, think, I think the cool thing is about our business, what I like, is that um, when I first started off as a PA, I had to work a lot. Right. But then once I became an AD, the time I had to work became shorter. Mm. The pay became more. Right. You know what I mean? So I started being able to have more time off mm. but if your significant other doesn't have doesn't have the same time off that you do right right so you're just kind of you know all of a sudden you're the stay home spouse yeah you know and you know you have to figure out what you want to do you know you got to you got to find yourself because when you're working yourself is all about work yeah and i could also imagine how that could create a tension within a relationship oh, yeah. because if the person is not really hip to what we're doing like your your significant other is not really hip to what we're doing and it's like granted yeah you might be working every single day you know for 12 14 16 hours a day yeah. for like three four months and then you might have like a month or two off and it's like four months off we're cool with that right. it's like i know something's coming up or right it's like exactly. I, I'm, I'm i'm okay i'm taking it easy i'm calling people i'm staying in touch like I, i'm gonna get another job but in the back of their mind is like what the fuck are you doing motherfucker right. you know it's well, like get off your lazy right, ass right. you know it's like you know why'd you wake up at, at right. nine o'clock you've been getting up at six o'clock every single morning because it's i like, had to be at work and and the thing is it's like the set becomes your family yeah you know what i mean Mm. It's it's, uh, it's weird because a lot of times, you know, say if you got a, a six o'clock call or say a seven, you get up, you're up probably five thirty six, mm-hmm. got to get to work. What's the saying? If you're not 10 minutes early, you're late. Yeah. So you get there and then you do 12. Yeah. Seven o'clock call at seven. You're probably not getting home till eight. So by that time, kids are in bed. Yeah, yeah, especially as ADs, it's like it's not uncommon yeah. to have like a nine-hour turnaround. Oh, man, come on. You know, it's like basically you get home and it's like I got to be out of the house in eight hours. Yeah, exactly. But the, the cool, the flip side to that is, is that when you're off, you're able to, now you're able to take care of the kids. You're able to take care of some things that you have at home. It's just, you know, instead of spreading it out th- throughout the entire year, you do it in chunks. Yeah. Because I can remember so many of my friends like, man, there's no way I could ever work the way you do. I don't know if my wife would let me do that. And I always said, if you aren't happy, how are you going to make someone else happy? And it could be somewhat selfish, but you have to take care of your own mental health before you can help somebody else with theirs. I don't like to say that it takes a certain kind of person to do what we do but i do think that at least for myself i'm not one of those people who really doesn't care what they do for a living 
No. You know, I like as long as it pays me enough money, I am more than happy to do whatever job so long as it's not degrading or anything like that. I'm more than happy to do anything that I can get in so long as it pays me enough so that I can live the life that I want to live. I'm not right. one of those people. Right. I remember I got asked, this is when I got interviewed to go to Iraq and Afghanistan. And I'm sitting there doing a video conference call from the office in Santa Monica to like the vice presidents in Virginia. And we probably talked for like 45 minutes. Eventually, they asked me a question. What won't you do? Club I, baby seals. I won't club baby seals. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it. I was young. I was probably like 30, 31. And I, I took it as a very deep question. What won't you do? And I said, I won't do a 9 to 5, 20 in a pension. Like, I don't want that job. I want a challenge in life. You know, I, I basically was saying that I want a, a job that is not your run-of-the-mill nine-to-five job. And nothing against those jobs, no. and none, nothing against anybody who works those types of jobs. Right. I mean, um, but I wouldn't be satisfied, like you said. Exactly. I wouldn't be happy. I wouldn't be happy. I wouldn't be happy. You know? Yeah, I get it. It's like I said, we never ever want to make someone who does a nine-to-five feel that that job isn't appreciated because it is let's just be real life is (laughs) life's like a box of chocolates (laughs) (laughs) life's a bowl of cherries yeah a bowl of cherries but you you have to pick out what you enjoy and try your best to be able to do that you see so many people who do things they really aren't happy in you know going to work i mean i'm happy when i go to work I, i know that i'm only on the job for a certain amount of time Mm-hmm. And then I'll have my break. Mm-hmm. It, the unfortunate thing is in this business, when people get in it and they marry people outside the business or they start dating people outside the business, sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah. People don't understand. That's why I say you have to have a special person who understands that this is what the job requires of you. And we make nice money mm-hmm. in this business. So I was joking with my wife when we first started out. She was like, man, you work so many hours. I was like, you like where you live? <laughs> I was like, because look, I can switch up. If you want to do what I do or or go and spend all these hours away, I can be at home. I was lying. There's no way I can be <laughs> I drive myself crazy. Right. But you have to really love this business to do this business. Yeah. Because along with the accolades and the money, there can be bad or sad times with the family. You know, especially if you go on location. The last big show I was on location, I was gone for a year. Mm. And that was on um, the Underground Railroad. Yeah, no, I, I can imagine that could be a strain. One, it could be a strain on a, a relationship that hasn't been around. Right. That you guys haven't been together that, that long. But that could be a strain on a long-term relationship, a marriage. Exactly. that has been, been, been going for over 10 years. Yeah, because at some point, maybe that person thought that's what they wanted. Or they could deal with it. But you yeah. just never know what goes on behind closed doors. Yeah. Because it's so weird because my wife, she's from New York. So she goes home every year for like two months. It's inevitable that someone's going to be like, your wife's going to be gone for two months? <laughs> oh my God, man. What are you going to do? I'm like, I'm going to live. I'm going to be, I'm I'll gonna be gonna, fine. Yeah, I'll be fine. So it, it's just like, you know, you, you've got you've to gotta be a special person to understand and trust Trust is a big thing in our business. Yeah. You know, it's just like when you and I are working together and I'm like, yo, B, I need this done. Mm -hmm. I can't come back and be like, Brian, did you do that? Or, you know, if you need something from me. Right. You know, hey, Spoon, did you do that? You know, I can trust you 
to go and take care of it. Just like your spouse needs to know that they can trust you to go and do your job and then come home. Well, all right, say all that. <laughs> with all that being said, said uh, today we got Connie Callis. Yeah. Emmy Award winning hairstylist. Uh, she won her Emmy on the show Westworld with the great Joy Zapata. What up, Joy? We're going to see you out here soon. And um, Connie's been in the business for over 20 years. I met Connie in Chicago. Oh, my God. What were, you guys, what were you guys working on? Ali. Oh, okay. Ali, yeah. It was so cold. So cold there. Connie does fantastic work. And that's the reason why she's an Emmy winner. And um, really cool. Known her for a while. Love her to death. One of my good friends. So, uh, all right, everybody. Here comes Connie Callis. Welcome, Connie. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing good. 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 It's good to see you, Connie. You, <laughs> you guys go have back, worked together, right? Yeah, we go back wait, to wait 2001, back. Ali. Well, that was 2000, I think. Maybe the beginning of 2001. Oh, it was the beginning because I started Ali in 2000, December, and oh, then we yeah. shot all of January. Because we didn't get to Chicago till February, I remember, it's February 20th, oh, okay. 2001. And I remember it okay. because I remember flying in and the sun was out. I was like, oh wow, look at the sun. And in then, Chicago? Yeah. And so then we flew over Lake Michigan and there was like ice. I was like, oh wow, crazy. <laughs> right? And I stepped off that damn plane, it was like, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I met him in 2001, and then I moved to LA in September of 2001. And then so we started working together on- Robbery Homicide. Robbery Homicide. Yeah. All right, so you're, you're Chicagoan, mm -hmm. right? Born and raised? Yep. Okay, so what got you into the movie business? I was a hairdresser first in the salon, and I just needed to do something more creative, I felt, and mm. I started doing photo shoots and okay. model shoots, and then, you know. And they got a lot of advertising and stuff mm. in Chicago, right? Yeah, commercials, music videos, the news, you know, CBS oh, wow, News. Oh, wow, you did, yeah. you did the news too? Yeah, I was a fill-in, you know, okay. for the news. When the person couldn't make it, I would go and do makeup on the newscasters right on you know one thing led to another i met a special effects uh, makeup guy and what's his name art anthony i started doing the hair work for him he didn't do hair so and then he taught me makeup and he had his own studio and he did most of the special effects makeup in chicago all right wow so i thought i wanted to do special effects makeup right it was new and exciting and <laughs> And I did it in Chicago, but when I came out here... Well, what'd you do in Chicago? Zombies yeah. Ate My Neighbor. That was the <laughs> video game. That's <laughs> it, was awful, it was just a little commercial thing. And I looked at it just recently, and it was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. In fact, he was like, he had two jobs that day, and I never done a zombie before, and he had to go to the other job. He's like, here, he hands me the latex. He had, You'll be fine. <laughs> Oh, if it's falling off, yeah, just, just it's just flesh. <laughs> but the funny thing about that was, it ended up looking okay as far as you know. They were cool with it. They shot mm -hmm. it, and then um, 
he didn't leave me the stuff to take it off. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, and I never asked. I'm like, I'm to kill him. How many people did you have? Just one. Oh, okay. <laughs> one, can you imagine not having a remover to remove latex off the face? Oh. Yeah, that's been glued on for what, like eight hours? <laughs> Ten hours? <laughs> So, talk about coming up the hard way. <laughs> Do you remember? Sink or swim, baby. Right, right. There you go. So, you decided to make the move out here. Why? Well, it had slowed down in Chicago really bad. They were having their own issues, the unions and stuff. And, um, you know, I always wanted to come. So, yeah. I decided, well, I'm spending money here. I could be spending that money there. What's it different? Yeah. Poor here, poor there. Right. You know. <laughs> So I got to L.A. September 10th, 2001. Guess what the next day was? Oh, wow, September 11th. Wow. And I, my nephew, who had just got out of the Marines, mm. he drove me out here, you know. And oh, wow. So the next day, we didn't even know what the heck was going on. We, we didn't have a TV plugged in, you know. We just moved into the apartment right. and nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, before be smartphones. It's yeah. like you weren't going to get automatic notifications. No, I went wow. to the coffee shop to get us coffee, and everyone's like, did you hear what happened? I'm like, what, an earthquake? Cause that's <laughs> thing, I mean, oh, that's the thing you're supposed to be scared of, you know? Right, right. No, yeah. you know, turn on the news. And I, my nephew hooked the TV up, you know, you didn't need cable to get regular TV. Right, yeah. right, right. So uh, we were like, whoa. And he started freaking, they're going to make me go back in because there's going to be a war. And, yeah. And then I couldn't even fly him out because there were no planes flying out. Yeah. I remember that we, I took him to Venice Beach and there were naval ships all lined up. Along the coast. Along the coast, yeah. Wow. In fact, I remember when it happened, they said, you know, it could be Chicago, it could be L.A. next. And right. And that was your welcome to L.A. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said, if I make it through this, I can make it through anything. <laughs> but I actually started working a couple weeks later on a non-union thing. Yeah. With, uh, nice. Blair Underwood, Regina King. Oh, wow. What was it? What was the show? I can't even remember the name. It was really low budget. Right, Non-union, right. so I could work. Right, right, know? right, right. So now you weren't in the union when you got here? No, because the union from Chicago doesn't transfer over. you got to start over. Wow. Yeah. And I wasn't even in the union that long there. I think I had just made it to where there was a little bit of money in a IAP. I took it all out and came here. It wasn't much. Hey, but I mean, look look what it's done. It was a uh, starter kit to get you here. Yeah, it's been good for me. Yeah. I can't complain. I can yeah. always do better, but I'm okay. I survived. I own a home. And, you know. Yeah. So, so what did you do for that first year you were here? I did uh, non-union films, and that's basically what got me in, a non-union film that, that flipped. They did more non-unions back then. Right, yeah. I mean, you could, like, send your resume through the Hollywood reporters. I got one job like that because I had a decent resume because I did a lot of film back in Chicago and so you got non-union film and it flipped yeah what does flipped mean flip means it starts non-union but um, they come in and unionize it usually if it's above a certain amount of money and this one was way more money than they <laughs> said they had the director was Christopher Coppola oh okay wow. <laughs> So once we started shooting, everyone's like, this is no low, but they had cranes. and this, this, like. <laughs> So everybody called the union and they flipped. And right. so that means we um, get our days to be in the union. They actually were so high budget and went so long, 
that I got a check like a couple of years later <laughs> because they had, you know, they were bigger budget than it was. They were shooting it with a digital camera. It was the first, you know, nobody was doing it then. No, 2000, yeah. 2001, two, two, yeah. 2001, yeah. Yeah, we shot digital on Robert Homicide. Oh, okay. Big, giant cables and you had to have like a, a special room that had all of the hard drives and dude, it was it was wild because you had to be careful because those cables on the floor they were huge. You could get, if a camera if an operator was moving real quick, that would be you. So um, that <laughs> right on that film, so once you get they're gonna flip the unit yeah. says okay what category they don't let you do both makeup and hair here. So so were you doing makeup and hair on the show? Yeah. Oh wow, so you were doing double duty. Yeah, because non-unions, that, that's why they hired me, because I did both. Oh, okay. So um, it was out in the desert, 29 pounds. Ooh. It was like 107 degrees. Wow. And I'm doing ball caps on stunt <laughs> <laughs> Nothing sticking. Now, what's a ball cap? Ball cap is when you take all their hair and slick it down, and you put this rubber thing on. Now they're not made of rubber, but... And then you paint it to look like a bald head. Now it's 107 degrees with a piece of plastic on your head and these big stunt guy, one big stunt guy and he's sweating and it's not sticking and and all my friends out here said Connie you should go for hair because there's not enough good hair people and you're good and you work all the time. So that movie is on every take I'm holding the glue on praying that it makes it through the tape before the thing sweats <laughs> up again right praying like oh please just let it get through this tape. I'm like, I'll take hair. <laughs> you can have it. I never have to clean up blood and sweat and glue again. I'm good. Right, I mean, right. I'll do pretty makeup, but yeah. And there were so many good makeup people here. I mean, these guys, their whole life, they dedicated their sculptors. And they needed hair people. So, right. And it turned out to be the right choice. Even though the discrepancy in pay was really annoying why is that why is there seem to be some sort of discrepancy in the sort okay, of compensation so everywhere else in the but, world i believe uh, makeup and hair are paid the same really but except in la except in la because wow. you know as far as i know I, and maybe there's somewhere else but for all the big shows and people i've ever talked to it's always makeup and hair is the same that's how the story goes right, right. it's like new york chicago right. pretty much atlanta everywhere else it's like pretty much Right, every other union. On par. So, um, who started the makeup union here in L.A. were men. They were men. Because they did the stuff. They did not allow women to do makeup. Women could only do hair, and they paid them less. That's how they set up the structure in L.A. So they paid... So they did not allow women to do hair makeup. They, they allowed them they to do hair. They brought them in to do the hair and then sent them home. And <laughs> paid them less. Paid them less. Right. Gotcha. And because, you know, the man should make the more money, he's the, you know, household, blah, 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 blah. So, finally, they only started letting women in in 1971. Mm, wow. And Just I believe it might have been a black woman. Really? Because, and because of all the civil rights stuff, they were like, oh. And now you're trying to have more black films coming through, or more black but studio films, black exploitation. Yeah. yeah. At that point. Probably, wow. probably they were pushing for, you know. So they finally, they knew, they, they knew eventually they were going to have to. Yeah. But they really tried to hold women down in makeup. Especially because, at that point. Because they knew they would take it over. 
I mean, not for the special effects. I mean, but no, but I mean, but yeah. more they are let do more women are doing special effects. Now. Right, and more women are head of that department. department. Yeah, yeah. I, they knew they would because women are putting makeup on their own faces every day. Yeah, right. Come on. Right. So they held on. They held us down for a while there, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it affects hair till this day because we technically get paid over the last maybe few years. We have fought and fought and fought. They won't change it. We, you know, they won't take it in negotiations in the contract. They won't change it. But you know, especially because there's more women producers now, and the whole times up and yeah. equal pay. I figured it wasn't until this times up equal pay with the wardrobe um, women, the script supervisors, any historically female craft, right, were all are all underpaid as far as other things. Right. Hair, we're we're not, uh, we're more than them, but we're still not equal to makeup. Gotcha. And we're doing the same thing and we pretty much know, pretty much yeah sometimes more sometimes yeah. less it yeah. depends yeah yeah it there's depends. a lot of period wigs and yeah exactly I mean, especially I, in the period pieces yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and i know yeah, especially in terms of like yeah. wigs and you yeah. and uh any sort of i mean the styling i mean there's a lot of style that goes into makeup and i'm not trying to there is to, no, that's what i mean there is it's pretty much equal yeah because i whole, mean from an ad standpoint it's like all right how much time in makeup how much time in hair, you know? And it's always, they're, they've left makeup, now they're in hair, or they're in hair, and they're now in makeup. And, yeah. and if you're a key, or you're running base camp, you've got to schedule, okay? Well, she can't go to hair first, so let's put her in makeup, <laughs> or he can't do, yeah. You know? and, and it's like, I was just thinking, it's like, well, you know, typically guys may be a little bit easier with hair, but typically guys are easier with makeup as yeah. well. Yeah, there's some guys, they literally, they, they are like, I'll get touched up on set. Yeah. You know, and and young, make, good looking ones and, and makeup beautiful will be, hair. <laughs> and it's really it's you like they don't really, older ones in. <laughs> they get they get a haircut like once a week and it's like nobody touches them, you know, except yeah. for like touch ups. Right. You know, you really don't need to do too much, but nonetheless it's like your craft, your skill, what you bring to the table, you know, even though it may not always be in demand moment to moment to moment right. every single time someone steps in the chair right. it's like you still are a trained craftsperson right. and you should get really compensated for your time well because of the whole you know hollywood male dominance thing and, and yeah. the way they set the structure yeah we never got to change it that means our pensions are less uh, that means Wow. Yeah, you know, a lot of things are less. It's gotten better now. Mm -hmm. usually, you know, and we have to fight for it though. That yeah. that is the most difficult part of it at all is that we have to always go in and fight for it. And so we start off with a producer feeling like, oh, what are they asking? You know. What I mean? <laughs> yeah. So you know, I'm just trying to say good morning. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, but you know what? And then you know we find out. Oh, later. Yeah, everyone in the trailer is equal, but you're not paying my background people the same. So you have to fight for it. You have to watch them. You got to make sure, you know, and uh, it's it's like an added extra stress that we have to deal with. So department heads, like hair department heads, makeup department heads, they're pretty equal? They, or, as far as... As pay and, and no, respect? Oh, wow. Not by the contract. Mm -hmm. They don't have to. Finally, they realize why is there always so much tension? <laughs> you, you know, yeah. you're wow, making the tension. Really? 
I now never, you know. Right, I didn't know there was th- that much tension. I always, cause, because I always think of hair, makeup, wardrobe, for lack of a better term, I call them the glam squad. Some people like that. Some yeah. people are like, yeah. There's two, nowadays they're sensitive. You can't do yeah, that Yeah, right, right. Yeah, so, but, but well, we, we do call them looks. You know. Looks, yeah. Last looks. But I mean, are you guys... You know, you can't call crafty crafty anymore. You can't call scripty scripty <laughs> yeah. anymore. You can't... I am telling you, you gotta... I know. Everything is... Script supervisor. Book, just yeah. look at the call sheet. <laughs> but sometimes... I remember... Well, on the call sheet. On the call yeah. sheet, it's scripty. Yeah. Crafty. Yeah, yeah, no, and, I, and I've gotten that because I'm not scripty, you know, and it's like, right. okay, you know, you're... You're absolutely right. Exactly. Yeah, I will call you whatever you, you know, want to be called. Yeah, exactly. And I don't mean, yeah, and it's not for disrespect. I guess it's just because that's what you were taught when you came in. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I didn't know you felt that it was disrespectful. And like, right. And like George Carlin says, this is such a friendly word. You know, it's friendly. It's not like uh, the right. devil team or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Send in the devil <laughs> team. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I like that one. Yeah. I'm going to try and use that. Oh, yeah. Send in the devil. Send in the devils. <laughs> <laughs> or. or Worse or worse, <laughs> I'm no, sure, no. but things have been said about hair and makeup <laughs> way worse than devils. <laughs> Yo, I remember a hair store, Vera. 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 I love Vera. I love yes, Vera too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On Ali. And who was your? Boss. Who was the? Um, Shirley. Shirley. Shirley Dolly. Shirley Dolly. Great. Shirley was really cool, right? <laughs> so one day we're we're doing we're shooting Ali and we're down here at the uh, old. Uh, Sports Arena, mm. where the uh, the LAFC stadium is now, okay. used to be the Sports Arena, right? Yeah. So we're shooting like you know we're doing '60s hair and it's Ali, and so I had a PA. I was like, yo, I need you. You know, I, I put a PA in in hair, put a PA in makeup, and we were doing all the background, right? So you know, I'm 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 just like I'm I'm uh, supervising, so doing the check in, checking how all the hair and makeup are doing. I put a PA over at wardrobe, so I'm going all through that. So uh, my PA in makeup, I mean hair, I'm asking, say, hey man, uh, how are we doing in hair? And uh, he's like, oh, you know, we're not doing, not doing too bad. I was like, damn, what the fuck are they doing over there, man? Like, <laughs> I need these people, I need them now. Like, what the fuck? It's like, come on, let's bring, let's bring them in. Mm. And so, you know, the hair people are coming in and they all get this look, they're looking at me like, with this disdain. I'm like, hey, I'm Spoon. I thought we was all, you know, we were all cool. <laughs> And Shirley walks in, and Shirley is like, "We got him the fuck here," and walked away. And I'm like, "What?" She was badass. Yeah. And she <laughs> said, and I was like, I, I don't remember the PA. I was like, "Hey, man, what what happened?" He was like, "Oh, dude, my bad. I I had my headset out and I had an open wall." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "So all that all that shit I was talking uh, on the radio right. was an open walkie?" He's like, "Yeah, man, I'm so sorry." So you're telling me everybody in there <laughs> heard that. So there was like six or seven hairstylists. Right. And I was like, I just ripped his head. Like, motherfucker, I can't believe you did that stupid shit. That's why they don't give hair and makeup a radio. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, the exactly. They don't give, sometimes. We do not give and hair. And sometimes we wish we had one, but, but I don't. Yeah. But then, you know, there's times like, well, at oh. least we could hear what's going on, but right. no. they would never give it no. to us. So... The next day, man, I was like, damn. So I went out 
and I found a, a street vendor with roses oh. and I bought I made like a CD for everybody I made a CD that they put in there I came in when before they even got there it was a rose on everybody's oh. station it that never a, there, happens it was, <laughs> never. it was a I'm sorry card and I made sure craft service had their own craft service like yeah, they had their their the water and everything I said whatever you guys need and uh, they came in and uh, I walked, you know, you know, I did my my thing. I checked. I was going to every station, and I walked in. And I was like, "Good morning, ladies. How's everything doing? Everybody good?" And uh, they're all like, "Yeah, we all right, Spoon. We okay today?" <laughs> I, like, I do, you know. I went and I apologized. I said, "I'm so sorry." I was like, "You know how it is. It's like the pressure." I, and I'm talking to my guy, and and you know, that's how I talk. I was like, "Hey, listen, where are these people?" And you know, I, I, he'll never ever have his headset. In fact, I think I even took him out of it. It's like, no, nah, I, I put <laughs> yeah, somebody else. Me. Yeah, yeah, you're killing I can't me. Try, I can't, I can't, I can't trust you. Like, be on set, bro. Yeah. Wasn't it like in Chicago, Vera? Oh, oh the big one, like the Waxman, the first AD. Yeah, he's a rough one. He was. <laughs> he was, he was one, one of my first AD. Like I told you in Chicago, because he's from Chicago. You're right. He's no, back, he's a New Yorker, but he worked but he Chicago. Worked, he's yeah. back there now, though. Um, yeah, because he, he he was doing a when they were doing um, Miami Vice, and then he did a he did a crime type story in Chicago too. He did a little movie there. It was a crime one, and I worked. That was my first movie. It was yeah. a made for TV in the Company of Darkness, something like that. No, I, it was it, a made for TV. Yeah, mm. but, but he also had a series there. Oh, the Untu no, he didn't do the Untouchables. He uh, did do the Untouchables. Crime story. Crime story. Yeah. So he did. Show. He did like he did Miami Vice, and it was crime story, and then he came to LA and did. Um, Robbery Homicide. He scared me on my first movie. Like, he was one of those ADs that I was literally afraid to walk past. <laughs> <laughs> he was. Right. Right. I mean, he turned out to be a nice guy because right, I right, talked right. to him years later. Right. But um, that's how they ran the ship then. Yeah. That's how they ran it. Oh, and yeah. you just. Yeah, Waxman. But, I, um, I loved Waxman. But I remember Waxman. We were doing Ollie. We were in uh, Mozambique. I got there because, I mean, I, was all, I always had to be there two, three hours early. Because I had to get all these people ready, right? Yeah. Like hair and makeup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you were there for us. Yeah, exactly. You were there with yeah, us. hair, makeup, wardrobe. And so I remember the guys had set up the warming tent for the background in the shot. I'm talking about a big ass warming tent, like the size of yeah, like Buppy's house, right? How many backgrounds were there? Five hundred, maybe? Five hundred. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I'm thinking, like a big tent. Right. So. I get there and I go and I walk onto the film. I'm like, what Where the hell locations? is this? Locations, right? Yeah, but I mean, it was like a local locations person because they were actually our head location. Janice Pauly was with Michael and Michael on a scout. So I get there and I'm like, damn, who put this here? They're like, well, where are the people supposed to go, Mr. Spoon? And I was like, the people will not be going here. <laughs> Tear this down and move it up into base camp. And they were just, they were not happy with me. Right when I said that, there goes Michael, Michael. Oh. Oh, flying over in a helicopter, right? Oh. Just, you know, flying over to see what was going on. All of a sudden, my international phone rings. Waxman. So, uh, they put it there? <laughs> I was like, we're already good, Wax. By the time you guys get here, it'll be down. It better be. It better be gone by the time we get there, cause Michael's freaking out. <laughs> I, and I'm like, oh, I was like, yeah. And I was like, okay. So don't worry about it. He was like, yeah. And then I was like, all right. Well, I gotta go. Let me make sure. Boom. 
and I just left and I was like yo get this shit out of right, here right. now and they broke it down and by the time Michael and Michael showed up it wasn't rebuilt but it was off the set it was, it was, it was, yeah. <laughs> and that's all that matters okay, exactly that's Just all I don't that care matters they're like well, where are we supposed to put it and I was like I don't care where you put it mm-hmm. it's not here get it out of here get it up top figure it out I want to ask you how do you deal with keeping things smooth on your team you know like what we were just talking about how spoon smooth things over with uh, a floral arrangement but it's like working collaborating with so many different people how do you manage um, personalities working in in this industry I mean if I did something wrong I apologize but it's usually the other way around (laughs) you know and and I have to you know bite your tongue sometimes it has to be to up to here before anything happens but um, if I do something wrong, let's say I need to smooth it out, mm-hmm. oh, I, I'm right there. I'm apologizing. I'm sorry. I, you know, whatever. I, I, I take responsibility if I do something. Because most of the time, a lot of people do something or say something. They're not, it's just because they're pressured or tired or stressed. And nobody's really trying to be. But, yeah, but so there are a few. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. know that. And yeah. I've run into those. But um, so you have to own up to it and say, hey. I made a mistake. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. And I didn't know that hurt you. I didn't know, you know, mm. and, it's, and it won't happen again. I mean, it's pretty much common sense. Yeah. <laughs> Not everybody always has a... Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think it, it sounds like where you're coming from is like our business is full of egos. Yes. And big egos. And the more, the more successful you are, the bigger your ego becomes. And then... Just because you work in the movie business, you've got an ego, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, no, I could imagine, you know, and, and I, I've kind of picked up on this. I, obviously, I don't. I work adjacent to your department, and you know, and there's some people who come in. And it's like they were just doing Beyonce's hair this weekend, and they come in thinking like their shit don't stink. Yeah, and it's like no. you're you're doing background today, you know. <laughs> and it's like I know. Yes, great. Okay. It's just like no one understand like wow. on this role, you know. It's or it may, I don't, maybe I'm I'm am exaggerating the no, the, no you're not. Beyonce <laughs> you know, the not background. Right. You're not. You just use the example, but it's what? Yeah. guess what? It's apt. That's how you go. Yeah. Because Beyonce ain't working every day. Right. Yeah. And you you're not gonna take a full time job where you're in the trailer. So if you want to make money before. Beyonce goes back to work. You're going to be working with regular hair. You know, I'm not. They're great, right? Because again, yeah, I've had some of the biggest joy. You know, Joy Sapata be day checking with me. Uh, v Neal day checking with you know the yeah. biggest names when they're in between shows. They come and day check. So for someone to come in like that, that that's an attitude. You know, that, yeah, that is something the department head needs to know. Mm. and make the decision whether they want to bring that person back right because you you can't really have that you know? yeah it's a, it's right. not productive. i don't care who you are right and it's it's, it's a team it's yeah. a team effort yeah you have to work with everybody no matter what we can't do anything unless we have the actors on set and if the actors aren't hair and makeup then there's nothing that can be done right you know? yeah 
and they support us, you know. Yeah. And one thing I realized later on in my career is, you know, that guy knocking at the door, pestering us. <laughs> <laughs> Would that is, be us? <laughs> it, it's not that guy. Right, right, right. It's somebody screaming at him. <laughs> from, you know, there's a funny um, picture of Marilyn Monroe and she's putting makeup on in a mirror. And it says, I told you half an hour ago I'd be done in five minutes <laughs> <laughs> that's good I like that <laughs> I haven't seen that oh yeah me either, but that's so true it's, another yeah. thing you were talking about you know just a second ago about how like having to fight for really the, the type pay. of change and equal pay and how do you contextualize that because I don't know when your union's contracts come up next but like right now with the strikes and it seems like outside of the industry we're seeing allies align themselves with the two unions SAG and, and WGA yeah. what what do you what do you how do you see well first of all um, I think we should have striked last time hmm. we were this close what was that that was 2021 yeah. yes so we're up in 2024 okay next oh, wow. year <laughs> yeah. next year wow. yeah that's wow so IATSE Teamsters Teamsters so let's say they scan that the background people right mm -hmm. okay so now no background people are working now no hair and makeup are working now no more work no more extra ad's are working yeah the jobs that it's going to take away it's like in the grocery store yeah yeah i and i understand what you're saying i used to i didn't mind like oh self-checkout yeah now i'm like i'm I'm, I'm giving you my money and I've got to work? Yeah. No, I'm going to the, I'm going to the checkout. I don't want to see the folks that work at the grocery store lose their jobs. No, you not know? at all. And honestly, I haven't even really fully thought out the chain reaction of like, yeah, no, I, I work with background all the time. And I'm like, I don't want to see the background. Like, I know these are like hardworking, aspiring actors. Some of them, you know, they make a living yeah. as background. Yeah. And that's great. You know that they can can do this and they can afford a life in los angeles you know to take that away but the chain reaction is like yeah there's going to be fewer hairstylists and makeup people and thus there's going to be fewer additional ad days exactly. you know it's like I, i'm trying to come up as a as an ad i'm just new you to, the, to the yeah, yeah i need my days and more often than not i'll in the beginning get hired as an additional second right you know uh, on big background days and those days won't be there they won't that's what they're talking about that's the fight i think even more than the bigger actors you know they'll have people watching their contracts but if you're going to scan all the background players and maybe even the day players you're, you're taking oh, you away do, yeah, not all of them, just, but all these other jobs. Yeah. I don't really know what the solution. crew, period. Yeah, right. yeah, I don't know what the solution is, but it's like part of you know part of the solution. I think may be similar to you know the rules that we have. You know, you have to bring in 25 union BG before you before start you going go non-union. Non -union. Right. But it's like if you there needs to be a if, if you're gonna use AI, you have to bring in an, a minimum of 250 BG. And I thought that's what we like on um, what was that film? Ford versus Ferrari. Mm -hmm. We were doing it, and you know, I thought, and you know, they needed a hair person there in the scans because the hair had to be period, and you know, mm -hmm. women right. and. Um, I, I thought it was 
they were just going to be seat fillers. Remember back in the day? Yeah, when they used to have the Tyler. balloons. Yeah. The, the balloon yeah. people? No, I, I haven't seen oh, the balloons. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or dummies. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The balloon people, they had the cardboard cutouts. Exactly. And that's exactly. They would just move them over right. in the kitchen. Wow. I, had, yeah. I had thought about the balloon people or yeah. the cardboard cutouts. Look, that's been years. a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, with visual effects, it's like I've worked where it's like we're tiling, you know, so it's yes. like on yes, Perry Mason, we had a yeah. day where we had 450 people for this like big radio evangelist you know scene and I it's like I worked on it yeah, did, yeah so yeah. you were you, I, we yeah. were downtown downtown yeah. yeah so it's like we had 450 on this side and then, and then you move, move them over yeah. and, and, and we would move them according to camera but at, at the end of the day we would tile it yeah. you know and, and so visual effects could build it up but it's like we're still using human beings right, they, right they're right. not cutting costs where they could be cutting costs and they're trying to cut our, you know, yeah. labor cost. Yeah. I know. mean, it's all the, to me, it's all the same now because the features are being on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, I mean, TV almost looks like movies to yeah. a certain extent. I mean, well, they're, the, they're putting the money into it. Yeah. Right. So yeah, and they're putting like, too much money into that look, I think, and not enough into their crew. <laughs> That's where they're having the problems, their egos. Yeah. But there's other ways for them to shoot things. How much waste do you see? on a set every day just oh, yeah. from a director not knowing what they want and, 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 right. you know that's where the money gets wasted yeah it isn't us but you know and it's interesting is uh, that you know you being a hairstylist i think a lot of people would think like well, why would the hairstylist even be thinking on that level you well, know it's I like did looking live with a producer for <laughs> 13 years so. but the, but the thing is we all we all come to learn and understand the well, business as a whole holistically well, yeah, cuz as a hairdresser when i was not in the movie business i was in the hair business and mm. then business is business you're always looking to cut you know how can we make this more efficient? Right. Whether you're in a salon or a set, whatever. A good business person is a good business person. Right. The business people that they're having run the studios, though, have never been on the set. And they don't understand the creative. They might be the ones that say, oh, we need all this money spent on this scene. And, blah, 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 and you see the scene and none of it showed, you know? Right. right. Now, how about if you have somebody who knows the camera and everything say, we're only going to need this here and there. And... Or whatever, you know. I mean, mm -hmm. instead of wasting so much money, like, what do you, you do a wedding scene and <laughs> they got real flowers in there, tables and tables that no one is going to see. Right. <laughs> I mean, you can see if they did on the main, but you're talking about thousands and thousands of dollars mm -hmm. wasted. Yeah, that you could probably could have been spent for another day or to try and shoot something well, you know, or, you know, pay your crew. You know, it's like, hey, we got all these backgrounds. Like, I needed an additional person in the chair. What they have squeezed, like, is how many people we have to do. You know, usually, if it's a period show, one hairdresser, it's hard to do more than five of those hairstyles in a row. Right. I mean, I mean it really is. It, I mean, maybe, it depends. On and in the they, time that we need them. It's exhausting. Yeah. So they need a lot of people for that. Now, you know, they want you to knock out 10, but you can't not, if, if it's a regular modern show, yeah, but if they, yeah. they try to cut down, cut down, and I noticed on the period shows, they're scanning background. Yeah. There's a lot of period shows, too. There's a lot of, like, sci-fi and period, yeah. and yeah. there's a lot of that now. I think because uh, visual effects can, can kind of create the scene. 
yeah. you know or fill it in yeah they can you know enhance it right which is what it should be enhanced they shouldn't be doing it the whole scene right, it's a right. cartoon basically right. <laughs> <laughs> say it's a cartoon <laughs> yeah i never point. thought about it yeah it's a cartoon, it's cartoon. Well draw the people in it, you know? <laughs> i never thought about it from that point but it's like it makes sense but it's things do that when i've seen things with a lot of visual effects it starts to look robotic mm. you know it just mm. starts to feel so cold but then again i think these kids are all on their computers and everything nowadays they might be okay with that yeah <laughs> all right, yeah all right. yeah. Oh. yeah so your first so you saying your first big union job here in la was robbery homicide actually it was last samurai because oh, wow. i was on last samurai and roddy and i were working together and he said hey do you want to come over okay. to the show with me it was amazing it was beautiful. I mean, it was amazing. And plus, I was new, and it was just huge, and Tom Cruise, and you know, <laughs> right. whoa, I made it. You know? <laughs> I'm working, doing the Call Japanese hairstyles, and right. just like, wow, you know, this mm -hmm. is why I came here. And you know, it took a year, but right, but you put the time in. You, yeah. And that's what I think a lot of people don't understand is that how long it really takes to become successful in this business. I don't want to say it's the people now, but I think it's always anybody who wants to get in this business kind of thinks that as soon as I get in, I make I start working in Hollywood, whoo, right. it's going to be on and it's like no, you have no, to put no. the time. The in. experience. I yes. mean, yeah, I'm, I was a great hairdresser, you know, in Chicago, but and you know, I had that a little bit of that attitude like they have serious attitude there now. Why right. why are they bringing these people? Why can't I be the one working right why are they bringing these people from LA yeah well until I got to LA then I realized why <laughs> we don't know anything there. <laughs> you know but you don't know that right you don't you know, know what you don't what know. You know right right exactly so um you know it, it just was a whole new world and you saw these craftsmen and these people that were just wow so talented yeah. and you know you just aspire to be like them and but it takes time yes it, it takes time and then there's times when again you're day checking i'm day checking for a whole year but it pays pretty damn good yes you know? daily rate and i don't have to work every day right i'm right. not beating getting beat up mm -hmm. I, you know i mean mm. i choose that sometimes cause yeah i don't want right. something where i'm working 80 hours a week every day of my life yes right, right, right. <laughs> yes and sometimes that's what we do you know you do have to learn how to pace yourself too yeah you do because well, when you start off your body you, and your yeah. you know everything breaks down yeah you think you can keep up but, but you, you don't you can't no yeah. Yeah. so you did robbery homicide what'd you do after that i did a few little things and then i got onto er er and i right. did er for like five seasons oh. right right because i was doing chuck right we were right next door exactly i would come by and hang out and talk and um i remember connie got me a er bag <laughs> so you were you so it'd be working on how many seasons did you do on ER? I think five. Five seasons, so you were like in the John Wells world? Yeah. When I was on that show. Right. And I remained friends with a lot of them. But I, you know. Honestly I don't know if that helped me or hurt me. I think it did help me because I got all my pension and everything vested and got the hours and but I wasn't out there making contacts as much as I should have been being so new. Right. And didn't start doing that until after um, 
Right. Well, you know, that's the one thing. It's like if you do, if you do, because I, I started, my career started at Strictly Features. Mm. And then I got into television. And this is back when television were doing 22 episodes. Yeah. So yeah, so you started in July and you were done in March. Yeah. And then it was like your summer uh, break was you, like. And you knew you were going back. Yeah. Or you knew, you know, pretty so, much they tell you you're coming back. Right. See. Yeah. Well, it's sweet. Yeah. It's a trade off. Yeah. It's a trade off. Yeah. There's security as opposed to networking. Yeah, no, and I, I know that I experienced that because, um, you know, I was kind of in the John Wells world once I got on uh, Shameless. I did season nine. I, I day played eight, did nine, and day played on, on 10 and 11. And I was kind of going back and forth between Shameless and Snowfall, and that kept me going. But it arguably kept my networking small. It does. You know? It kept my bank account Yes. <laughs> but, you, know, but, yeah. you know, and at a certain point in life, you do have to, I had to think of, you know, I need to say, I need to buy a house, house, which I was able to do because I call it the house that ER bought. Right. You know, yeah. because I had at steady work for five seasons. So that bought my house, which nowadays it's hard. Yeah. Nowadays it's really hard. What is, what is the thing that you love the most about what you do? And what is the thing that you hate the most about what you do? thing I love the most and it doesn't happen on every show but th these moments that I have you know on something spectacular I was just day checking on uh, bombshell it was the story of uh, Megan Kelly you know mm -hmm. and it was um, Charlize Theron who played yeah. Megan Kelly well I happened to be on the elevator as we were both being brought up to set at the same time and right next to her and could see the makeup Mm. And it was the most flawless <laughs> And it looked just like Ma Megan Kelly. Just things like that just amazed me. Mm. The makeup guy was a, a guy named Kazoo from Japan. But those are the things I wanted to do before I chose to go to hair. But right. I never really wanted to do monsters and stuff. But I wanted to do like I made this person look like that person. Right, right, right. right. And I had never seen anything so flawless. And moments like that where I get like you know uh, what do you call it chills, chills. Yeah. yeah but that's not all the time but there are those moments that yeah. still keep me around oh, the yeah. first thing I hate is the backstabbing and the and mm. the people that are um, so uh, petty and evil and mean and it, that because this business tends to draw people like that too yeah they want to climb that ladder and I'm sure every business does but um I'm such a laid-back person and I don't want to hurt anybody and you know yeah sometimes I get sucked into that because I'm not thinking anybody could ever be that way right but usually they fall back no well some of them a lot do what do they call fall up in Hollywood right. fall, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. they have failure after failure but they keep getting job after job and they know how to do the snoozing and I don't like that part of the job yeah the smooth the schmoozing yeah is hard. I mean you, you you come across those folks and, and I, I would dare say and I think unfortunately a lot of people think that's what the business that's is, what is rife is. with and yeah. and that's that's why we're talking to you is because majority probably you know 90% of 99 if not more percent of the people that we work with are good 
hardworking people. 98. <laughs> <laughs> See? You know, it's just that, yeah, that no, 2%. Yeah. yeah, it's like 2%, 2% milk, you know. It's, it's like, like yeah. you got to deal with it every once in yeah. a while. Right. Yeah. So true. Cool. Uh, we're at the point of the show where we like to uh, call it the Abbey Sale. The Abbey, typically, we like to ask people, what are you watching these days? The last thing I watched was um, The Bear. Oh, okay. The FX show. No, uh, is it FX? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. The same guy that was in Shameless. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. Lip. Lip. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Jeremy. Jeremy, yeah. 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 You worked with him. I worked with him, yeah. yeah. And I actually like watching stuff from Chicago. Because <laughs> it, right it makes me at least feel a little... Like, I like Chicago Fire. And, you know, there's <laughs> shows so, what you, like. what, how, how is the show? I haven't watched it yet. It's good. Yeah. It's a, it's it's deep. It's, it could be dark, oh, you know, okay. but not real dark, but just um, just dark enough. Life. Yeah, it's life. Yeah, I thought it was well done. Cool. Very diverse. Very, you know, very good. You know, the whole concept was really good. Awesome. Cool. Restaurants. All right. So martinis up. Martinis up. Martinis up. Yeah. And so the martini is, who would you like to hear or see? In that chair. Ooh, Joy Zapata. So she was Jack Nicholson's haircut. Personally? Personally. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Um, she's one of my uh, my heroes. I won an Emmy working for her, so. Nice. <laughs> you know, um, I'd like to Same hear thing. more of the older people because I think there's more to tell. Yeah. That if they're still working, especially because they can compare both. Mm-hmm. The past and the future. You know what's yeah. happened. You know historically female crafts paid less and you know and they're still being paid less and everybody thinks they're just whining and complaining but they don't know the whole history it's a good thing to see where it's gone right yeah how it's changed where do we need to stop the change yeah where do we need to keep it what's it going to be it's changed now it's good i see it on set the, the change but it took a long time I'm almost ready to retire in three, <laughs> four, five years you know? right alright well we like to also let you call it let me call it yeah that's a wrap <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot for coming out but I need my martini <laughs> Thank you, Connie. And our next episode uh, will be with the man, the myth, the legend, young Tommy Maddox Upshaw. Tommy's a cinematographer, and I know you guys have known each other since you were Grip and Electrics, or even before then, back in Boston, right? Yeah, no, I've known Tommy for a very, very long time, over 20 years. And uh, yeah, I mean, when I first moved out here, him and I were like commuting down to San Diego to do like Grip Electric work at Stu Siegel Studios. And Stu Siegel. <laughs> I never got a chance to work at Stu Siegel, but I heard a lot of stuff. Yeah, no, it was just, I mean, we were just trying to take any gigs we could get, you know, just yeah. running cable and, you know, hauling stands and doing whatever we could. Well, once again, if you want to be in this business, you've got to put forth the effort and you got to know that it's not going to be easy. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you, Connie, for coming out and being a part of this. If you like the show, you like the podcast, hit subscribe. That's all we got for today. This is Spoon. And this is Brian. We'll be back next week. 